True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome to the first episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser, the apartment asset manager. I am really, really excited to get the show off the ground because no one is talking about asset management. Asset management is, of course, the management of the business of running a multifamily property. And so all the shows, all, all these videos that I see online, people talk about raising money. People talk about setting up your team, having the right legal in place. They talk about getting to closing, but so often we're not talking about what happens after closing. I'm an apartment asset manager. I have multiple properties that I'm responsible for. I've done my own syndication and I work with other apartment syndicators. I am responsible for executing the business plan and everything that goes into it. Managing people, managing timelines, managing budgets and schedules and all that goes into it. So listen, I want to get started with the show by telling you the first story about me and about my apartment complex. And these stories on this show are going to be like the title says, true. Everything is true on this this show. Um, trying not to embellish, trying to to bring our guests back back to real life and and explore not only the story but but explore the business decisions that go behind the story, and really poke and prod and figure out how our business evolves and changes based on the things that happen. Because at the end of the day, um, we're all buying property and and sort of guessing and and checking and hoping that that things go right. But then we adjust and we learn and we we move forward based on the stories of what happens to us in these properties. So first up, I closed a multifamily property, 40 units uh, last year. And this was my my very first syndication. Um, I raised uh, $660,000 to do this deal. And really this was like the culmination of years of, of research and work and uh, a lot of struggle. I mean, getting to closing, uh, I could talk for, for an hour about all of that. And I remember driving down to closing in Virginia. And uh, it was about a six hour drive and my stomach was in knots. I literally had to pull over and have my business partner drive because I got these back pains that I've never had before. I was so stressed and so excited about closing on this property. 
And, uh, you know, we did and, and, and all went well. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is actually when the work begins. All that work I did up to closing and, and the, the late nights and, and raising money and get, trying to get there. I'm like, man, that, that was hard work. But what I've realized in the years since I've owned this property is that that was the preamble. That's just getting us started. There really hasn't been uh, much work when, you, you know, you compare like as far as months go, we have a few months of work, you know, finding the deal, uh, raising capital, but you're buying an asset that you're going to own for, for years and years that not only do you have to make perform, but you have investors on my deal. I have about 15 investors. Thank you all. If you're listening, I love you. I support, I appreciate you. I love your support, but I'm, I'm working for them at this point. And so uh, I take that really seriously. And so we started off following the business plan. We started off by renovating units, uh, this 40 unit property. The plan was to 10 of them had been renovated by the previous owner. So I needed to renovate 30 more and convert one office into another uh, rentable unit. And uh, some of the big big ticket items, every almost every HVAC uh, at the property needs to be replaced. So that's half of my construction budget going to air conditioners and, and heating. Um, the rest is going to unit turns and some, some small site work like removing some trees and fixing fences and, and all of that. And so I really didn't know how to get started. I just started. And so we picked some, some projects, um, some exterior projects that we thought needed cleaning up. We changed the name of the property to uh, Turnpike Terrace Apartments because the, the previous name had a pretty bad reputation. And uh, we started doing things like cleaning up the site. Um, we invested in just moving this, this hideous dumpster that was in the middle of the property and just moving it off to the side and just trying to make the appearance a little bit better with the idea that hopefully, um, you know, the, the reputation would follow. And so for me, uh, honestly, a lot of it was, you know, relying on some mentors, getting some ideas and just hoping and guessing that some of these projects would actually make, make sense and, and turn the property around. So my big mistake, I want, I want to share this and, you know, I'll be telling stories about this property for years on this show, but the biggest mistake that I made is uh, the property management company and uh, you know, no, no fault to them. Um, I vetted them. Well, actually some fault to them. We'll get into that, but um, I vetted them and uh, they were uh, some people that I, I really liked them as people. I really liked their um, no BS attitude and really loved the, um, the way that they approached or talked about approaching business. I mean, uh, we were we were underwriting the deal and the PM had already been calling trash companies and renegotiating contracts for us, <laughs> trash contracts before we even closed to, to help me get a better picture of my underwriting expenses. And so um, I loved that. And uh, so we, we moved forward and started renovations. Um, pretty quickly, our property dropped from from around 80 plus percent full to 50 percent. Um, we had a lot of tenants that were there that just were not paying. And so we made some mistakes in the underwriting or, or in the, the audit to, to really understand who was paying tenants and who just happened to, to be there and be part of uh, the property, but not actually paying tenants. So uh, I'm watching our numbers go down in terms of occupancy um, and, you know, 
really relying on the PM to be like, Hey, Hey, what's, what's going on here? Why, you know, I'm, I'm six hours away. They're, they're my boots on the ground. And they assured me everything was fine. And, uh, that we, you know, we'd work through construction and we'd start filling tenants pretty quickly. Um, but we got into a cycle of, of renovating units and moving some tenants in, you know, maybe one or two every few weeks. Uh, but we had one or two evictions every few weeks. And so, for about six months, we sat around 50% occupied, all while units were being renovated. Um, so, you know, first I accepted the the excuse of, well, it's, you know, Thanksgiving and, and people aren't really moving around Thanksgiving. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas and people don't really move around Christmas. And then, oh, it's the new year. People are getting adjusted and, and uh, you know, they need, they need the winter to, to be over. Then it was literally rolling into February, March. Oh, people are waiting for their tax returns. And I just sort of blindly accepted every excuse. Think about that. From November, Thanksgiving, prep for Thanksgiving, beginning of November, through tax return season, April, uh, I just I just accepted excuse after excuse from the PM. And I said, yeah, that's part of it. And, and I wasn't really struggling. Um, you know, thankfully, we had some pretty pretty acceptable loan terms where we, our interest payments were built into closing for the first year. So we didn't have the looming mortgage payment. And I just kind of let the property float along for a while and um, accepted their excuses. And and I was, then I spoke in the spring to a, a guy, give a shout out to, to Chad and Slate House Group up here in New Jersey. And we were talking about it and I was telling him about the struggles I was having. I was telling him about, you know, the, oh, of course, you know, this is Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and tax season. And, and he looked at me, he's like, that might affect like 5% of people. Like it's maybe a little bit of a dip, but that is not acceptable to stay at 50%. There's no reason if if the PM is being aggressive enough that you should be at that 50% mark and not gaining, especially because we have renovated units. And that was a really big wake up call for me. And I realized like I've I've been like just resting and, and accepting this, this team's um, feedback and, and ex- explanations. And it, it was like a slap in the face. Like, man, th- this is, this is not right. I, I am not right. So of course I said, Chad, Hey, please come, come manage my property. Let's make a change. And um, he was not in Virginia and uh, was not able to do it. So I, I immediately started know, looking for, for other management companies. I, I, I did push my current management company. I said, guys, this is not acceptable. This is, you know, this is not, you know, Chad, Chad says we shouldn't have to deal with this. You know, what's going on? And I got some pushback. We, we tried to put a uh, 60 day improvement plan in place and they told me, yeah, we'll get this occupancy and that occupancy. And, you know, it, it eventually never happened. So um, again, I, I waited too long, but um, I was able to come up with a solution I was able to get, I was able to get Slate House Group down to my property um, by finding some other owners and other manage another management company that wanted actually to to get out of the management business. And so Chad had always said, you know, it makes sense for 200 units or more for for to open up a new branch and expand to a new state. And so through my research of other management companies, I found I found a guy who had 500 units and. Uh, actually wanted to sell off that part of his business. And so I, I made that connection and Chad was able to work something out with him where Chad came down, took over that 500 unit business and also my 40 units. And so uh, 
it ended up where I have someone that I trust um, and I know and I see on a regular basis up here in New Jersey, but he's got the staff and people down in Virginia to to run the property and they've got um, pretty strict criteria and they I love their tech-based approach. And so Chad and Slate House Group uh, were able to come in. And so it was July 1st was, was we made our change and we were still sitting around 52%. And so now it's three months later. Um, we are up in the mid seventies, so we've made some, some very good progress. I have renovated units and, uh, every week it seems like we're adding a new tenant. So it's slow going the turnaround, but you know, we were stalled. And so now we've got, you know, 10 more leases or so and, um, climbing. So, um, you know, my lesson learned here is if the PM company is wrong, if it's not the right fit, You've got to make a change. And and I waited too long to to make that change. And I accepted too many excuses. And I put that on me, not on the PM company. Um, they were doing, you know, the, the best of their ability, the the types of properties that they were used to managing. This was different for them. And and um, you know, listen, um, they were they worked for for a certain purpose for me, but uh eventually I realized they were not the right fit. And so for this property. Um, that doesn't mean I wouldn't use them for other types of properties, but this, this property, this plan was not the right fit and I waited too long. And so, uh, my advice, my lesson learned here is if you, if you see the signs, um, act early, don't, don't give an extra six months. It sounds ridiculous that I did that. And I own up to that a hundred percent. I waited too long. And, uh, at the end of the day, the financials for my property, uh, suffered for it and, um, you know, we'll come through it and we're working through it. And actually the property will still be very profitable. Um, but uh, we could have been that much in a better position. So that's my lesson learned. That's my tip for you today. This is the very first episode of True Multifamily, True Story, True Lessons Learned. Um, please reach out to us on our website and uh, find us on social and, and come back next time for the next episode. Thanks. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community, and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.